Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. Excited that you're joining me this week for my interview with Pastor Larisse Bewi. We're talking about life and ministry, the balancing act that that can often be, and how essential it is to hear the voice of God and be led by the Spirit in your daily life. We're going to give you some really cool practical tips to help you grow in that area, and we're going to get into some other things along the way. There's definitely something in this episode for everybody, so stay tuned, guys. Just before we jump into it, I want to call your attention to Larissa's YouTube channel. You'll find it at Culture2CultureTV. At the end of this episode, we're going to talk about what it's all about and the kind of content that Larissa is putting out, but I really think you should check it out. But for now, guys, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Pastor Larissa. All right, so I'm blessed to be here today with an old friend of mine, Pastor Larissa Bewi, and uh, she'll correct me if I pronounce that last name wrong. (laughs) But uh, so Larissa and her husband, Peter, they pastor Crossover Church in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Larice is also a chaplain, and she's a businesswoman and a mother of four. And uh, she's a she's a preaching machine. She's a prophetic voice in this generation, and uh, just really honored to have Larice on the program this week. So, uh, Larice, thanks so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to see you, Pastor. Awesome. Well, so first of all, I just I like practical stuff. So I'm just wondering to I'd I'd like to have your just perspective on on how you do all this. How do you do this whole balance thing, this, this balancing act of life and ministry? And uh, I know you and Peter have uh, a business that you started. I know you, you adopted mm-hmm. earlier this year. You already had three kids of your own and then you adopted and pastoring a church. And then you have some personal stuff that you're working on as well. How do you balance all that? You know, what does that look like for you guys? Well, um, I think that it definitely changes every season. I think every season has a different focus. So there are, I think balance comes over time instead of um, every day is, is the thing that I'm learning. So some days it feels like, okay, I didn't get anything done for church or some days I feel like I wasn't even home. I was at work or whatever. Um, So I think that the balance really, I've learned the balance really comes over time. But then there definitely does have to be priorities. So definitely things have to be put on the back burner when you're trying to focus on one thing. So like the adoption, for example, I mean, we we had to leave everything uh, to be able to do that. Um, So there were a lot of things that didn't get done um, so that the most important thing could get done. Um, But I think it is different a little bit from like a woman's perspective, a mother's perspective, uh, to find that balance, to have your own convictions about what's important and what's not important, um, and to trust God that all of the goals and the things he's called you to accomplish will be accomplished if you're led by the Spirit. Amen. Yeah, I'm always interested to hear other, other people's perspective in ministry. So often we really can get out of balance, and I, and I find mm-hmm. that when that I can very easily, I can get out of balance and I can get into like work overload mode and I Mm -hmm. can just start really pushing to try to get stuff done and then neglecting the things that really matter the most. You know, our first ministry is to God and then Mm -hmm. family, Mm -hmm. um, your spouse and your kids and and making sure that those things are in order first. And and it just positions you, I think, so much better to have have a clear head and the right mind to pursue all of the other things that 
are really secondary, even though they're really important because it's part of the assignment that God has given you and it's for mm-hmm. the kingdom. I think it can become so deceptive for a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people end up burning out in ministry and getting frustrated. Any advice on that? Anything that you would say to, you know, maybe for anybody, but maybe for, let's say, a young couple or somebody like that who's starting out in ministry? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously, like what you said, your first ministry is to the Lord. Um, so that has to be non-negotiable, whatever that looks like for you. But then I've come to realize like it, it, uh, it does have to look differently if you are a married person with a family, um, if you're a mother, then when you're single. So our, like when I was single, like when we we're in Bible college, then I could spend as long as I wanted praying. I could wake up early. I could stay up late, uh, do whatever I had to do. And whatever reason in that season, that's what it took. Uh, but then now the Lord knows very well. I don't have all of that time. And I don't have all of that alone time. So sometimes my prayer time, I have a baby in my arms or I'm doing other things. They said, uh, John, John Wesley's mother was, they have this famous picture of her that she would take like her apron and just cover her head. And in the midst, cause I think there was like a dozen kids or so in the midst of the chaos, they said they knew when mom was doing that, she was praying, <laughs> you leave her alone. So it can't be this whole like thing that you're, you know, for hours in a prayer room on the floor, God has to meet you where you're at. So I think that practically you do have to double up on things that um, sometimes when you talk about your own self-care or your own uh, spiritual care, then it's, it can be at the same time, uh, uh, family time. It can be the same time ministry. When I go to work, that is in a sense, my self-care. Um, because it's a, a ministry that really reflects uh, me, that I feel like I can be myself, and it, it feeds my soul. Um, so instead, of I can't have a whole separate day. That Sometimes those things that uh, become goals in themselves and become a burden more than they become a help. If I, if I have a goal of trying to have a whole day off, that's going to become a burden to me rather than a help. So mm. instead, in the midst of you can find a rest in the midst of the busyness. And I think just giving yourself margin also has been a huge thing. There's one book about uh, all about that, talking about if you're living on the edge or if you've given yourself little margins here and there. So I noticed that I, we were living on the edge, that if, if one thing got off by an hour or so, then we were going to miss this, going to miss that. So just to give yourself a little bit more margin, not to overbook yourself with things, but if you give yourself more margin, you can take your time with the things that you're doing. Wow, I love that. I love, I love that you use that word non-negotiable, you know, talking about your relationship with God and making sure that your, your ministry to him is first above everything else. And obviously that's the foundation, right? You know, if, if, mm-hmm. that's, if that's off, then everything else is going to be off because you just kind of start to try to figure stuff out on your own, right? And, yeah, yeah. and you, use, you use that word rest, coming from that, that place of rest and being able to operate in life and ministry and everything else. I was talking to somebody uh, recently about the, the overlap of family and ministry and the overlap of business and, and ministry and mm-hmm. how God doesn't compartmentalize our lives to the point of, yeah. okay, well, it's time for ministry and it's time for family and it's time for spiritual stuff you know it's time for that like no hold on everything in my life is spiritual because i'm connected to 
You know, there's no part of my life. I, I think we often have the, a lot of people in the body of Christ have that mentality, that dividing line between secular and spiritual or secular and sacred. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as, a, as a child of God, you belong to him and you're created in his image. You are a spiritual being. There is no separation there, at least not in the, mm -hmm. not in the eyes of God. He wants to be at the center of every single area of our lives. And I love what you said there about, about building margin. I think that that's so key. I, th I think it's just, it's so crazy. It's so deceptive sometimes how when we try to do it in our own strength, spinning our wheels, trying to get stuff done, like we could be focused mm -hmm. on ministry, but we're thinking about our business and then we're putting time into the business, but then we're feeling guilty because we haven't given our kids enough attention and yeah. stuff like that, you know, that I think can get really unbalanced quickly when the foundation is not in the right place. And so yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm learning for sure how to, it's just been such a theme of, of the Holy Spirit in my life, uh, especially this year, is learning mm -hmm. how to rest and learning mm -hmm. how to recognize that even if this project that I feel like I have to get done right now, even yeah. if I can't get it done because he's leading me to do something else, just yeah. to trust him with that enough to live surrendered and to live with open hands in that way where I can trust him enough to take care of the things. You know, the Bible says that he'll perfect that which concerns mm -hmm. us, right? And so yeah. just being able to trust in him enough that, uh, that he knows better than I do. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I know it's like, what are we trying to prove? Like, I don't know what we think we're, right? we're trying to do. Actually, there's like an image or something we're trying to emulate. I think when we're we, things that we know are more important and we're leaving them to do other things. It's like we're trying to attain something that probably can become an idol that we're, we're chasing wow. after instead of just being like, it's okay if I'm just faithful, if my life looks smaller, quote unquote, but I'm faithful to the life he's given me. I think it's probably more dangerous if we start to take on a life that's bigger than what God has called us to that that's really dangerous then we're like outside of our anointing and mm. and then and then what do we do when we're out there on a limb by ourselves you know it's it's just really a dangerous place to be but it's so tempting to try to try to be there I think when we're operating that way I feel like that's for me that's what I'm trying to do it's like I'm, I'm trying to prove something I'm trying to do something that like why why am I trying to do that what is what is really going to be accomplished. I know nothing good in my life has ever come from my own effort. It's all from the grace of God. So why try to do things outside of his grace? Yeah, it's such a deceptive thing that the enemy does, right? He always tries to get you to relate your position with God, you know, your position as a, as a daughter or as a son of God, to equate that with your productivity and, and with your works and what you can do for him. And it just becomes this, I, I really think that it, that it becomes so often an identity struggle, feeling mm -hmm. like, oh, well, God's only pleased with me when I'm performing. God's only pleased yeah. with me when I'm doing this. And then we wrap up our own value in that. Oh, I just, I feel bad at the end of the day because I don't feel like I got enough done. And then, oh, I feel yeah. great today because I did this, this, this. I checked off all these boxes. And it's great when you have days like that. But I just believe when you really just, when you learn how to come at this whole thing, all of life, whether it's the, the business, the ministry, the family, just coming at all of life from this position of rest, Holy Spirit, lead me today. What do you want to do today? Show me what's important today. And, and just really just opening yourself up to his leading where you don't feel like you have to be the one with your finger on the button all the time yeah. trying to control everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. True. That's true. And it's all stuff we're doing for him anyway. Mm -hmm 
but taking it off and doing it in our own strength and it's just it's just not <laughs> it's not productive yeah. yeah theologically we know it doesn't make sense but it's like so it's so tempting for some reason to the flesh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to ask you too, uh, what, what has this season looked like? I mean, this has been a crazy time this season. Obviously, there's been more going on than just the pandemic. There's been mm-hmm. um, just so much tension in this nation with so many different issues. How have you guys kind of navigated through this whole season? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think we had, we came in with a little bit of a different perspective because we came fresh um, from Africa. We were waiting on our daughter's visa for the past few months since the beginning of the year. And then we, um, we had a, a lot of challenges and we, we were granted the visa the first week in March. So we were excited to come back. We came back and I think the next week or so, then they, they locked down um, our state. So the thing watching the kids, how happy they were with all of the little things um, that they had missed. They were so appreciative of everything that, that we had um, from, from being overseas for so long. Uh, we were so happy to see everybody. Um, so it was hard for us to get as shaken maybe as everybody else was at first to really understand, okay, this is really affecting a lot of people negatively. Uh, we're, we're blessed. Uh, we had everything that we needed. There were some people that that wasn't the case. They had loss of jobs. They had health risk and everything else. So it did, it did take us a minute to really kind of understand the gravity of the situation for a lot of people. And for church, it, it was challenging that we, I think we only had one Sunday uh, with our members and then it was locked down after that. So we were like so excited to come back and then now we can't have service in person. Um, so that has been a bit of a challenge uh, wherein our church family is really close and uh, people are uh, used to seeing each other, not even on Sunday, but you know, any, any given day of the week, you go to another member's house and another member will be there. So they're just really close and integrated in, in each other's lives. But at the same time, uh, asking God, what is he trying to do um, in this season? So a lot of it um, uh, has been just kind of back to the basics. Uh, a lot of people really honing in on their own relationship with God, um, focusing on their family's relationship with each other and with the Lord. The kids' Sunday school now is is a bit different. Where where we do have services now, but not everybody is able or comfortable to come. Um, so the way that we've done the lessons, um, which we we credit our bishop's church for providing the lessons for us, but they're designed differently that they're really designed to be an aid to the parents um, to teach the children at home versus just you guys go to Sunday school and us, the parents, we don't even know what they learned, what they did. We're just like hoping that the church will do it for us. So we're really uh, and now we see, of course, education is put back in the hands of the parents. Um, so really just kind of reprioritizing ourselves and saying, okay, the Lord gave us this time, you know, what the devil meant for destruction. And, and uh, uh, still we do pray for people who are negatively affected, but what the devil meant for destruction actually has been building us up um, from Amen. the bottom up. That's really been uh, what's been on our heart continually putting it back in the hands of believers that, okay, this is your spiritual life. I can 
provide you with a message, but it's not the same thing that you're here. And it's like, I'm holding your hand and uh, forcing you to go to the altar and all those kind of things. But it's like now it's in your own hands. Educating your children is in your own hands. So it's been a lot of giving resources in the sense, instead of um, kind of it being masked by the, the events of church. So, mm. so that's kind of been wow. uh, what's been going on with us, I think, this season. Wow. It's so funny how you so often when, when there's pressure and when there's difficulty and stuff like that, how it really drives you toward maturity in God, you know, and yeah. how God is so faithful to take the worst things and to cause all things in our lives to work together for the good. And so I, I love what you're saying, because when you're in the midst of something, I think so often we can just kind of just adopt that, that mentality of kind of going with the flow. And even mm-hmm. to the point, and I don't say this to, to belittle anybody that's really going through something major. That's not, this is not what I'm talking about. But I think that, yeah. that we can often develop a victim kind of mentality mm-hmm. where we just start to think about, oh, this is happening to me. Uh, mm. But what you're talking about is actually like taking some taking authority that we have mm-hmm. as God's kids and saying that in, in, in spite of what's going on out, you know, out here, in spite of what's going mm. on in front of me, in spite of my circumstances that I have, I have a priority and I'm a, I'm a child mm-hmm. of God. I belong to him. And so I, I just think it's so awesome the way that God works in our lives, that even when it's really unpeaceful out here in front of us that he is our peace and he lives inside of us. And so we get, we can still live and operate from that peace, you know, and, and from who he is and yeah. from the reality of, of, of who God is in our lives. And we just get to, we just experience God and his presence in yeah. the midst of everything else that's going on. And so I think that's beautiful. I think that's an awesome, that's an awesome thing that there's been that, that growth. Yeah. So, um, I think that's really cool. By the way, shout out to Bishop Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> bishop William Turner is Larice and Peter's spiritual covering, right? And and he's yeah. your bishop, one of our one of our professors at Bible College. Yeah. Uh, he's just such an awesome, awesome man of God. Probably the first person in my life um, that I can really remember who in a in a really direct and practical way started to to show me the importance of being able to hear God's voice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's use that as a segue here. Can you can you talk a little bit about that, just in terms of life and ministry and everything that you have going on? Could you talk a little bit about how important, how essential it is to just hear the voice of God in your daily living and and just being in tune and being led by the Spirit of God? Yeah, no, I mean that is really everything. Yeah. Um, I think obviously we all hear from God differently and in different seasons, there might be different ways you hear from God. We have, of course, the word as our foundation is kind of really the litmus test to know like, was that God that I was hearing or was that my flesh or was that the enemy? Uh, We have, of course, spiritual parents and other believers that scripturally as a whole, as a collective, we hear the voice of God. So it's not just like you individually um, are the only person who hears from God, but it should be kind of like a, a collection of the words from, from everybody, uh, the collection of believers. But I mean, it's essential. Like I really, really, really learned that um, with our, our journey through the adoption that um, we, we knew we had heard from God uh, very clearly. We knew very much what God wanted us to do. Um, so there were several obstacles that, 
I mean, when we told people how we were going to do it and that we were still pursuing it, um, despite the obstacles, they were like, how, why, what is this? Doesn't make any sense. Like you already, I can't tell you how many times I heard you already have kids. Like, what are you trying to, wow. to do? But it's not about that. It's about if I heard from God. Um, so we, we heard from God and, and we, we, we continued uh, on the course, um, despite uh there were were several several obstacles that made it nearly impossible where at one point we we almost just decided okay i guess we're we're relocating <laughs> i guess we're we're just moving wow. here i guess we need to maybe just put the house on the market and and that didn't feel burdensome for for us to say because we heard from god the 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 word was that this is, this is our baby. So wherever, uh, you know, if, if she has to live here, okay, I guess we all have to live here. So it's like, really, if you, if you hear from God, then there's not, there's not much in the end. I feel like what happened to us in the end, the enemy just got frustrated and was like, it doesn't actually matter what I do. They're, they're not giving up this word. Um, so I think that if you, if you know what God has called you to do, then, uh, eventually the enemy is going to run out of tricks to try to uh, deter you from, from that word. So I, I just think that's everything. Otherwise I can't imagine how as, as frustrated as we were, as emotional as we were at times, I can't imagine if we didn't know clearly um, this is what we're supposed to do. So I just think that that that's absolutely crucial, especially for big ventures, important things. Um, you, you need to have a word from God. Otherwise, then, then you are just uh, easy prey for the enemy to wow. be tossed around. In this situation that you're talking about, sometimes you have to fight. You know, sometimes you have to fight for that word that mm-hmm. God has given you. But it's so, yeah. it's so amazing that you actually get to fight with the word that God has given you, that the word that he's spoken to you actually becomes your ammunition. It becomes your weapon. It becomes the thing that you get to stand on. And mm-hmm. I love that, that, uh, yeah, the enemy just, he got, he just gave up. He got frustrated because he yeah. realized that there was nothing, there was nothing that was going to come against us. That was going to cause us, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, sometimes uh, Paul said it, I can't remember if it was to Timothy or Titus, but, but Paul said about making war, about waging warfare, according mm-hmm. to the prophecies that you've received, you know, and standing yeah. upon the word that God has spoken, standing upon what God has said to you. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if it takes a minute for it to be accomplished, because sometimes that'll happen. It's just mm-hmm. right away. But yeah. sometimes it'll be years. Sometimes it'll be a season. Sometimes there's something that has to be birthed in that process of time. But mm-hmm. whatever it is, just not giving up and holding fast. The Hebrew writer says, holding fast the confession of our faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful and always just mm-hmm. keeping your eyes on him, keep walking with him through that. But like you're saying, if you don't know what God is saying, you just become, you know, where there is no vision or the, mm-hmm. a, a good translation for that is where there is no prophetic revelation, the yeah. people perish or the people cast off restraint. There's aimlessness. There's, I'm not sure what's going on. And it's such a deception of the enemy to keep God's people in confusion and yeah. that we have to be in confusion. And it's yeah. just so not true. He's created us. He's designed us to be able to hear his voice and to be led by the spirit, to be in connection with him. So many mm-hmm. times God's kids think that uh, they can't hear from God because they made a mistake, because they sinned, because they, mm-hmm. they're yeah. not at that level of maturity yet. I believe that hearing God's voice is one of the absolute basic, most foundational aspects of our walk with the Lord. 
Yeah. Jesus wouldn't be able to say things like man lives by every word, every rhema um, that comes out of the mouth of God. God wouldn't tell us that and then hold it, dangle it in front of us like a carrot, like something that's Mm -hmm. difficult to get to and difficult to attain to and something you have to strive and fight for. And uh, I did that for a lot of years, like just mystifying the concept of hearing God's voice and thinking that it was difficult. And it's just so not, it's just not. And, And I think that if we at least just get our minds right around that, around mm-hmm. this simple reality that, hold on, God, I, I actually, I'm your child. I belong to you. You created me in your image. I'm connected with you. Your spirit lives mm-hmm. inside of me. And yeah. So there's no way this is difficult. There's no way it's difficult to hear your voice. Yeah. It's just yeah. so often, I think, a mentality issue that keeps God's people from, from being able to live from that and hear the voice of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So is, is there anything that you've learned to do to hear God's voice more clearly? Yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, mostly uh, is, the, is staying in the word. Um, so mm-hmm. we know faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I think that staying in the word, uh, like you said, it's not that uh, mystical, like uh, it doesn't have to be. A lot of it is already laid out for us. There, there's so many things that God's already told us to do that are in the word that we haven't even done yet. And then we want to like get an extra revelation, an extra prophetic word for, for other stuff. So if we just kind of go back to lining up with the things that are in his word, I think that it makes our, our hearing from God a lot easier. Um, I think that's when we start to not hear clearly, when we are not understanding the word, when we're not applying the word, mm-hmm. then all bets are off. So if you yeah. kind of are uh, bending the word of God or there's an area in the word you're not willing to, not willing to submit to, and then in that same area, you want to hear from God, that doesn't actually make much sense. You're kind wow. of already telling God, I don't want to submit to your word, but give me a different word. You know? Wow. Come on. So I think that that's, that's always, always what I go back to, especially with, uh, in counseling and with church members that I'm like, well, that first step you took in this whole thing, was that biblical in the first place? If that wasn't, go back and fix that before we ask God, what do we do? Like he's already told us what to do. Wow. Um, so I always uh, kind of go back to the word of God that that repositions me. So in, in like uh, situations that we often are asking God for wisdom, like if it's conflict with other people or how to manage a situation, then going back to the word that always makes us examine our own heart. And then from there, then you see how God will lead you and guide you through a situation that looked complicated, but actually he's already um, given us our first steps of what we should do about it. Wow. That's so awesome. I love that you said that as a parallel to that. It's interesting how people that miss that miss church the most are the ones that call you the most often for counseling. And when they're going, (laughs) they're going through something and it's like, hold on. I just taught about that on Sunday. Like that was, that was the message this week. Like that was in the Bible study. And I, and I just feel like God feels like that with us sometimes. Like you said, Oh God, I just need a word. I just need a word. I just need a word. Yeah. I gave you the whole book. Just like we need the logos and the rhema, you know, we need, Mm -hmm. We need the word of God as the absolute foundation and authority by which we live our lives. And, and we need his revelation to us personally as well. But I, mm-hmm. I believe that wholeheartedly that the, the word of God, the Bible is 
the foundation. And, and when you put more of his word in you, that right there just positions you so much better to hear his voice. I, I feel like this sometimes. I feel like the, the Bible, the word of God, sets the parameters for how we're supposed to live and operate and all that kind of stuff. So the Bible teaches me how to love my wife, teaches me to mm -hmm. love my wife the way that Christ loved the church. So I laid down my life for her. You know, I put her before mm -hmm. myself. The Bible teaches me that. But then his voice yeah. will come for, for specific things. Your wife had a rough day today. Just drop what you're doing mm -hmm. and take her to get a coffee, take her to the movies, you know, things like that. Because yeah. the voice of God is practical. It's for daily life because he knows yeah. where we are and what we need. But yeah. if I'm denying the first part, <laughs> if I'm denying the yeah. part about actually loving my wife and caring for her and putting her above myself, and then all I'm trying to do is get God to speak to me, I just feel like, mm -hmm. I was like, come on, man, like at least, at least try here, at least, at least pick up the book and try to figure out how you're supposed to be a husband, you know, how you're supposed to do that yeah. stuff. The Holy Spirit will always direct us to the word and he'll always direct us back to what God has said to us. He's always directing us and pointing us to Jesus so that we can mm -hmm. so that we can get this stuff right and, and have that foundation right but I, I just I love so much that you said that yeah I think that that's what that means by it, when the Bible says that his word won't return void that when we deposit it in ourselves and like what you're saying then the Holy Spirit brings it back to our remembrance and guides us along those lines based on his word yeah. So they're very intertwined, like the Logos and the Rhema are not two separate things. They're very intertwined, but I think it has to be continually deposited in the first place. Um, and, and that's what you see in the life of Jesus. He had, he had it written on his heart so that every situation, if you really pay attention to scripture, um, so many of the things he was saying was already in scripture. Uh, he was just highlighting and interpreting for the people uh, based on the, the Holy Spirit rather than based on their flesh, which was how they were interpreting the word of God. How do you know when God is speaking to you? I'm just, I'm always curious about this stuff to see where, where God's people are, because these are the kind of things that I think are, are really helpful to people. Yeah. I mean, I usually hear from God um, uh, two ways, like uh, through through reading the word and then just I can't get that word out of my mind and I can see so clearly how this is applying to my life this is something I need to change based on this and then uh like an impression on my heart that as I'm praying um as I'm worshiping then just an impression on my heart about something um and then usually uh, I'm still pretty big on confirmation in, in the sense that not like, oh, God, was that you? But um, I, I'm still big on, on submitting that word to um, the right channels. Uh, so if it's something in the church, uh, my husband is the senior pastor. So to tell him, hey, I think God is leading us for X, Y, and Z. And even if, even if he's like, no, I don't think so, then I still just hide that word in my heart. And if it was really the Lord, sure enough, he'll come back sorry, actually, you were right about this thing, you know, so uh, if it's something uh, else than submitting it to our bishop, or submitting it to other believers in, in that sense that uh, if it's really God's word, then it, it'll come to pass. And then when I do have the authority in, in situations, then, then just acting on faith and, and trusting God. But I think that there, there are other traditions, us as Pentecostals, we've not 
always been big on that, on collectively hearing from God, but there are other faith traditions that I've had interaction with, and they have an actual way that they, uh, like a protocol and a procedure wherein, like, I think God is saying this, what do you all think? Um, and, And that's kind of a little bit lost on us, I think, in our faith tradition sometimes, but you see Apostle Paul, he knew very well he was called to the Gentiles, but yet still when the other apostles called him, he went and explained why, and he submitted himself and waited to hear their answer. Um, So I think sometimes we have to be willing to do that in different settings. I love that so much. We, We actually, we do that often in our pastor's meetings. We'll just sit around and we'll just take some time we used to do it every single Sunday morning with the pandemic. Things have been running differently, but uh, we still yeah, do it. You know, we, yeah. we sit down, we get together and just, all right, what is God saying? And we just, we talk about it yeah. and see how stuff lines up and we kind of get that collective understanding of what God is saying to us as a team, to us as a church. I love that so much. I think that that's so powerful uh, what you're saying and definitely, you know, receiving counsel and realizing that you're not a lone ranger it's okay to practice hearing God's voice. And one of the best ways I think that you can practice and you can really test out if you're hearing properly is to go with somebody who you trust, whether it's your pastor or a leader or just a close friend, but somebody that you trust in the Lord and say, Hey, I believe God is saying this to me. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. I think that sometimes we can be like trepidatious about that embarrassed or, you know, like I don't want to be wrong and I don't want to, But there's no shame in that. You know, there's zero shame. Like with God, period, there is zero shame. And yeah. uh, so I think having that willingness to consult with your leaders and with those that God has put alongside of you really is so key. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, love that you said that. Before I let you go, uh, I do just want to shout out real quick to your YouTube channel, Culture to mm-hmm. Culture TV. I love what you're doing to promote unity in the body of Christ, promote unity between cultures. And I think so often, in every aspect of society, including the body of Christ, we can so yeah. often walk around with this us and them mentality where it's yeah. like, these are my views and this is what I believe. And, you know, we can be tribal and we can look for that. You know, this is my people. Yeah. This is this is what I'm at, whether it's an ideology mm-hmm. or a skin color or a denomination mm-hmm. or a political affiliation or whatever. And I, I think that um, the body of Christ really needs to in some ways, at least lead this charge on promoting yeah. unity. We are not at our best when, when we're not unified. It doesn't even work when we're not unified. We're the body of yeah. Christ. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so we're all different. We all have different expressions to bring. When you look at the picture of the saints before the throne of God in Revelation, mm-hmm. it's every culture, it's every tribe and tongue, it's, it's everybody. The idea behind that, I wanted to share my experiences in Africa, but um, specifically from my own perspective as an African-American and having worked in the African immigrant community for like Mm -hmm. a number of years now um, and being part of the family, like I've just come to, um, Ravi Zacharias, he, uh, he said that race and ethnicity is sacred. So I think that to recognize each other's culture is a form of respect and Mm. to hear me say this is my culture this is your culture this is what i like about it this is what i can appreciate about it this is how it's different this is how it's the same is a for is a is a high form of respect and i think that uh, my experience kind of 
the word of God can be taken out of context and saying that, well, we're all the same, but you're saying we're all the same, but you want me to only come to your church. And that means I have to learn to speak English. That means I have to learn to dress the way that you dress. Why don't you just come to my church if you're so interested in unity? Come on. Um, So I just think that uh, that's kind of my perspective is that flipping it a little bit instead of sometimes I think saying, well, we're, we're all the same. Uh, Let's just be united. I don't see color is kind of uh, just a race trying is really usually erasing uh, other people's culture and yeah. wanting them to yes. be like yours when the yeah. Bible doesn't tell us that culture gets erased in heaven. Um, in fact, it's highlighted that it's every tribe and tongue um, is there, but still different, but united. So um, that's a little bit of my perspective to co- to highlight the differences and to celebrate them and to show respect for them because I think God speaks through every culture in a unique way. And if we're only hearing through our own, we're missing uh, what we've been talking about, which is the prophetic, the collective prophetic Mm. voice of God um, that he's speaking through other people groups around the world. And I think that specifically African-American culture has been disrespected, has been misunderstood, has been uh, uh, trying to be dismissed uh, very often when and even, unfortunately, by our African brothers and sisters um, that don't understand that these are cultural things. These are not bad habits. These are not mm. things that you should tell your kids um, to stay away from. These are things that you should maybe understand uh, where we're wow. coming from and that these are part of our culture and how God has made us. And we have a unique history. Um, although we're the same racially, we have a unique history and culture based on the journey that the Lord has brought us through. Um, so that's kind of my, my heart behind the channel and, and some of the things that I talk about. Wow. So awesome. I, if you're listening to this, don't ever tell me that you're colorblind or that you're, uh, you don't see color. That's like the, I will punch you. I will, I will do something that you will not be happy with. Yeah, yeah we're colorblind, culture blind. It's, it's so stupid. God made us who we are, you know, for a reason. He, he made us to represent him every single culture, every, every race, every tribe, every tongue, every single person on this planet is a representation of the image of God. We are image bearers mm-hmm. of God. It, it's just so anti-Jesus. You know, it's yeah. so anti-biblical to walk around with a, with a prejudice towards somebody else, especially on the basis of how they were created, how they were made. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the more that we can do what you're talking about and have good conversations and be willing to, be willing to learn. I've been a pastor in a predominantly Black church um, here in Mobile, Alabama for over nine years now. Uh, before mm-hmm. that, I was a missionary in, an, in another country. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing. <laughs> and I recognize that sometimes there's, there's still, there's preconceived thoughts and ideas and I want those things to be exposed. And I think that um, one of the most practical ways that we can do that is talking to each other, not pretending that we know everything, but being willing to learn. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I love your perspective on that. Um, We need more unity in the body of Christ. That's when we're strong. We need every single expression, you know? Yeah. Amen. I love so much what you're doing. You're building just a really powerful ministry there in Ohio. God's using you guys around the world, and I love it, and I'm excited for what God's going to continue to birth through you guys and through your ministry. Thank you so much again. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. 
to the Simple Power Podcast. If you're interested in any more resources, check out Simple Power Media at simplepowermedia.com. And uh, if you get anything out of this, I'd appreciate you guys just sharing it with somebody that you think could benefit from the conversation here as well. And uh, you guys have an awesome week. See you next time.